opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello everyone, and welcome to Main Menu for the 8th of June, 2018. I am your co-host, Jason Castingway. Well, the WWDC keynote is not the only game in town. This week on Main Menu, we bring to you the NVDA-Con keynote. You'll hear what's been happening and what's up and coming for NVDA, the screen reader that has changed the way people view accessibility all over the world. Enjoy! Three, two, one. Welcome to the NVDA Con 2018 Keynote. The NVDA 2018 Planning Committee would like to welcome our keynote speakers to the stage Michael Curran and Clinton Christensen from NV Access. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the keynote, and thank you for uh, having us here today. It's extremely exciting, as ever, to be joining NVIDIA-CON, and it's always wonderful, really wonderful to see how this all comes together, and, and especially thank you to all the organizers here who make this uh, NVIDIA-CON exactly what it is and it's very strange i mean i you know i speak at various places all over the world but um, <laughs> the way that this is all organized is, is you know i always get a little bit nervous um speaking of these things but uh especially at nvidiacon but this year is going to be slightly different it's maybe going to be a little less formal than years gone by it's not uh, a full speech as such it's more a bit of a an armchair conversation i suppose we're just going to sort of reflect over what's sort of been happening in the last year. I'm going to be talking a little bit about just what we've seen in NVDA development over the last year. And then uh, Quentin is going to be talking a little bit about training and support and all that kind of stuff and awareness of NV Access. And then I'm going to go back into sort of uh, what's sort of happening uh, in, the, in the future and all that kind of stuff uh, as well. I think it's been a very dynamic year for for NV Access and the NVDA project as a whole. An exciting year, but very, very dynamic. There have been lots of changes over the last year. Uh, most notable, of course, that everyone is aware of is that we had to say goodbye to James Tay um, last uh, August, September. He uh, left us to pursue pursue a career at Mozilla and um, as I've always said um, I'm you know I was very happy for him in his personal uh, life to make that that choice it was the right time for him to do that but obviously it, it has left a, a big hole in MV access having said that though Jamie and I still uh, constantly work work together we speak every year with our because of the you know the the wonderful ongoing relationship between MV access and Mozilla and of course Jamie is still on our board of directors uh, as well so he still has a big a big say in in MV access and where NVDA goes but um 
but it's also a turning point as as well. Uh, no, it's it's um, been very sad to to see him leave, but I think we're getting back on our feet now and and moving off in in uh, in a in a good direction. Talking about specifically about uh, development, what's happened in development over the last year or so, I think we've we've focused very much, especially in the last year, on Windows 10 technologies. As we've seen, Microsoft is moving forward very fast now. It, it's it's a completely new Microsoft. Um, we've never seen this kind of thing before, and. Although that's extremely exciting and has a lot of potential, it also means a lot of work for us as screen reader manufacturers to make sure that we stay on top of things. And um, so some of the things we've been doing is we obviously added uh, support for Windows 10 one-core speech, and this then you know provides a whole new uh, group of you know fairly good quality. Uh, voices available now on Windows 10, but I think the biggest impact of having access to the Windows 10 one-core speech is the vast array of languages now available. Most, I think, now language packs on Windows 10 now can come with a one-core speech voice, and having NVDA support these, I think, uh, has a really big impact on people all over the world. Because I mean, we hear about you know people wanting to use Arabic or you know particular variants of Chinese or whatever and yeah previously there were some commercial synthesizers available or eSpeak might have had some uh, prototype support for some of these but now it's really really good to see Microsoft coming on board and taking this seriously and so we were very happy to add, add support to the one core uh, in NVDA for the one core speech. As adding to that of course also is that we now feel that it's time to perhaps move away from eSpeak as a default. And so now you'll be seeing in future releases of NVDA that uh, one core speech will be the default speech synthesizer uh, when you first uh, first start to use NVDA. Of course, eSpeak is staying around. I mean, I personally use eSpeak. I know a lot of people who still use eSpeak because it's very performant, very efficient, and very predictable. But for the beginner user or for users you know, who I guess care more about the quality of the speech, well then, yeah, you've, you've now got one core speech as a default moving forward. We worked uh, closely with Microsoft on supporting Microsoft Edge, their new uh, web browser. This has been, I guess, a lot of work in the, in the making, but I, I think finally over the last year, we're sort of happy to say that Edge is, is, is fairly usable with, with NVDA. We overcame one of the major hurdles in the last year, which was really around performance because, um, of course, not going too te technical here, but people may, might be aware that in in Microsoft Edge, we can no longer do some of the, the tricks we do with other web browsers, such as uh, going in process to do our wonderful fast virtual buffers uh, for browse mode. With Edge, we have to do all this in a fashion that doesn't allow us to do a lot of those tricks. And so therefore, performance was a very big um, concern for us. And so MV Access worked very closely with Microsoft in terms of consulting with them, brainstorming with them and helping them code things on their side that it then enabled NVDA 
to make use of those to um, to majorly improve performance in edge. And we were able to make a, an improvement of around three times, 300%, which was really exciting to see. I, at first, I wasn't quite sure whether we would be able to, but we did. And even going further than that, on some low power hardware, you might even notice a speed up of up to six times, um, which is really exciting to see. There's much more work to be done on Edge, and I hope that Microsoft continues to put that effort into into Edge, the, the, the wonderful accessibility effort that is going on at Microsoft. And I think that, that Edge definitely can become uh, one of the leading browsers um, if, if Microsoft so wishes it to be. So we've worked on other Windows 10 technologies, and in many cases, I th we would we're probably the first screen reader to support some of these things. Indeed, we were the first screen reader to come out with support for Edge. But also, some of the new technologies, such as Windows 10 on ARM 64, so uh, NVDA can now run on uh, variants of Windows 10 running on ARM 64 devices, which in the long term, as more of these devices come to market, it's going to mean much, much, much longer battery life. It's going to mean access to um, higher uh, generation, next generation speeds for internet connectivity over mobile, so LTE and um, I suppose in Australia you'd probably call that 4G and 5G and things like that. That's why uh, Windows 10 on ARM 64 is so important. And NVDA does support that now. Look, performance isn't as great as we would like it to be um, due to some of the emulation that's going on underneath, uh, under the layers. But um, hopefully we can work together with Microsoft to, to boost that performance even further. Other Windows 10 technologies as well we've been working on is uh, Windows 10, uh, uh, sorry, Windows Defender Application Guard, uh, which is a security feature uh, which allows you to run Microsoft Edge and possibly soon other Microsoft products within a special sandbox that makes sure that you know nothing from that content can come out and um, you know infect your uh, machine or or do nasty things. And so again, NVDA uh, added support for that over the last year. And also, of course, Windows 10 OCR, we added support for that. So Windows 10 now has its own inbuilt uh, OCR, Optical Character Recognition Service, and um, we added support for that in NVDA to um, replace the, the older um, OCR add-on that was available. Of course, you can still use that on Windows 7, but we probably recommend uh, using the, the inbuilt Windows 10 OCR on Windows 10. So it's been really great to work closely with Microsoft on all of these technologies, it's, it's very clear to say that Microsoft, it's a, how do I put it, it's a new Microsoft. The The leadership we're seeing from, from Satya Nadella and the rest of the team is, is really, really great to see and seeing that accessibility is really, really at the forefront of their thinking. It makes it easy for us, easier for us as a screen reader manufacturer and it's just exciting for everyone. I mean, even outside of what we do with NVDA, some of the work they're doing with, with artificial intelligence, all that kind of stuff. It's really clear that, that Microsoft is now taking accessibility seriously and um, really, you know, hats off to them for, for doing that. So we've also been working, of course, on support uh, for just better web accessibility in general, including ARIA, Accessible Rich Internet Applications Standard, uh, the, the ARIA 1.1 standard. And this has included support for things like ARIA Current, 
placeholder, better presentation of uh, author-provided accessible labels, lots of different things like that. We're constantly working on web accessibility um, and making sure that MVDA stays at the forefront of what you can do with web accessibility so that um, you know all the modern web services are definitely uh, accessible to people who are blind or vision impaired. We've been working on Braille in the last year, of course, added support for various new Braille displays, probably most notably support for Braille Note Touch is coming out in NVIDIA 2018.2. Also support for automatic tethering, so you don't any longer have to switch between, uh, in Braille, switching between tethering to focus or review cursor. Uh, by default in NVIDIA now, this is just automatic, which is great. And of course, in the works at the moment, um, you should already probably see this in development snapshots, but automatic Braille display detection is also now uh, almost ready to go. And so that means in the future, you know, you'll no longer even have to choose your Braille display from the Braille settings interface. Um, NVIDIA will just automatically detect what Braille display you're using and off you go. And that means, you know, if you unplug a device or plug a new one in, it'll just magically uh, work. And not only is that great for people who use Braille as a as an addition to speech, but very important for those who are deafblind who will be now able to independently change Braille displays or set up a Braille display for the first time. So that's really, really great to see. But I should point out, though, a lot of this Braille work and indeed some of the other stuff, a lot more of it is now coming from the community, not just from MV Access, which is really, really great to see. In fact, most of this Braille work that I've talked about, and of course a new feature that um, people are going to be seeing in 2018.2, which is the multi-category settings dialog. So now... Uh, due to popular demand, all the settings dialogues are now in uh, are in one big tabbed dialogue rather than in lots of little dialogues that you have to open with the NVDA menu. But so as I said, you know that all those the, the Braille contributions and the multi-category settings dialogue, much of this has been driven by work done by Babbage, especially specifically Leonard from Babbage, and he's been doing some great work contributing to MVDA. Is a top top quality screen reading product specifically for the needs of people in in Europe, um, and and we certainly know that Braille is is very very important in Europe more so than sometimes than in other countries. So yeah, it's really great to see that that those contributions coming um, from from the community and especially other organisations. We've been working closely with Google over the last year, of course, to enhance support for Google Chrome, of course, but also working closely with them to ensure that uh, products such as Google Docs, Google Sheets, and all that kind of stuff are, are becoming much more accessible. Um, so in Google Docs, for instance, now possible, uh, or it will be, I'm sorry, I actually can't remember if this is going to be, if it was in 18.1 or it's going to be in 18.2, but it will be possible to, uh, I think it's in 18.2, uh, to um, navigate tables while editing in Docs uh, using your Control-Alt-Arrow commands. Google Sheets in 2018.1 had some major enhancements through MVDA so that they present much better on Braille displays. And this is all a big move from Google to start moving people over to their, what they call their new Braille mode, which is really, how do I put it, accessibility done right. <laughs> um, uh, previously in Google, 
the products, uh, they tended to use a lot of uh, what we call ARIA live regions, which is just really making the screen reader speak whatever you want. And this sort of loses a lot of the semantics and, and it doesn't feel the normal way that you would use your screen reader. But now moving forward uh, with a lot of these Google products, such as Google Docs, Sheets, and all that kind of stuff, uh, Braille mode is becoming, I believe, the default for some of these applications. And that's really, really good to see uh, Google moving now in in the much more appropriate direction. And we're very happy to work with them on, on these enhancements. We've been working with Amazon as well. Uh, we, we added support for Kindle for PC a few years ago, but most recently in the last year, it's now possible with MVDA to read math in uh, math content in Amazon's uh, Kindle for PC, um, which is great for all those science and math textbooks out there. You'll, of course, need to have Math Player installed from Design Science, but once you do, MVDA will just pick up that math in Kindle for PC. It will be spoken appropriately. It will be brailled appropriately in... Uh, well, you have multiple choices. It can be like Nemeth uh, or UK math code, but also you can navigate uh, the math as well. Once you enter math mode by pressing enter on it, you're able to use the arrow keys to navigate the equation in a sort of a tree light structure. And yeah, it's really great to see that math um, taking on uh, becoming more accessible. Also in Amazon as well, we added support for tables in Kindle books as well. So uh, again, that's really useful for for data-heavy uh, books that use a lot of tables. One of the other major pieces of work we've been doing over the last year, and this is sort of <laughs> we sort of say that this is sort of um, Jamie's last major bit of work at MV Access. His uh, I used to call it his magnum opus, which was rewriting all our speech support, um, which we sort of call speech refactor, which is going to be really exciting when it's done. We didn't finally get it all completed, but we do plan to get it into development snapshots in the very near future, probably, hopefully in the next month or so, so people can start trying this out properly with the goal of getting it into a release very soon. But in short, Speech Refactor, yeah, it, it really just enhances all our speech support so we can do some of the cool things we've been wanting to do for a long time, such as, you know, priority on speech messages, which then means we can do a lot more, a lot of more uh, cool stuff on the web with ARIA and all that kind of stuff in terms of uh, better live region support. So, you know, prioritizing particular messages over other messages or prioritization of, say, you know, um, say you're doing a sale and a tooltip suddenly pops up, you don't want that interrupting your sale. Or um, again, say you're spelling a word or something and a tooltip might pop up, that tooltip should be spoken at the end of the spelling of the word, not right in the middle of it. Also things like um, playing sounds instead of speaking words for denoting particular roles or controls and all that kind of stuff. All this will be possible which speech ref uh, with speech refactor. And much of the work has already been done, but we've just got to, you know, put it through it, put it through its paces, get it tested, and then of course we're going to have to have the fun of working with the uh, the add-on developers, especially the um, commercial speech synthesizer add-on uh, developers, to make sure that their speech synthesizers are compatible with Speech Refactor and that they're making use of all the new uh, features they're going to be able to use. 
So that's pretty exciting as well. There's definitely been a rise of contributions from the community, as I've alluded to before, over the last year. And Reef was Reef Turner, our developer, one of our developers, was doing a little bit um, of a calculation a little while back, and he found out that about 40% of our code contributions are now coming from the community. Um, the other 60, of course, coming from every access, but that's really, really great to see that that rise in contributions. And as I said, a lot of it have come from, from Babbage, but also much of it from other community contributors around the world. It's, it's really great to see that com- that NVDA is definitely, you know, a community-led project, and that, that's what we like to see. Things we're looking at in the future, in the near future obviously i talked about speech refactor before there's certain things we're waiting you know that that will be coming out in 2018.2 of course which is only a few weeks away such as the multi-category settings dialogue but also for the next release of nvda we'll be seeing automatic braille display detection we're very close to having support for wx python 4 which is um sort of an upgrade of our uh the 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 graphical graphical user interface we use, and this then paves the way to, to moving to Python three, which is a new version of Python, which has you know much better language features and things like that. It's going to make cleaner code, all that kind of stuff. It's going to be a little bit of a headache moving forward over the uh, you know as we move to that, but in the future it's going to set us uh, in place for as I say, much cleaner code, better security, all that kind of stuff. So there's some exciting things that are going to be going on. Also, we have further plans for changes to Braille, such as better Braille layout, things like that, you know, so um, horizontal layout of controls on a Braille display. Uh, an example of this might be, say, a menu bar, people want to see file, edit view, tools, whatever, across their Braille display. This, of course, applies to when reading spreadsheets, they want to be able to read across their row or whatever, and there are other examples of this as well. So we're starting to brainstorm and think about those ideas. And possibly longer term in the future, looking possibly at uh, magnification support in NVDA as well. And I know that's something that a lot of people want, and I know that that would have a, a vast impact on blind and vision impaired people around the world, especially vision impaired, because you know the, the vision impaired population is much, much greater than the blindness population. So... Um, if we can be helping those people as well, that's that's great, absolutely uh, good. So I might uh, that that's pretty much all for development at the moment, and I might hand over to Quentin, who's going to talk to us a bit about what's been going on with training and support and all that kind of stuff in MB Access. As Mick said, one of the the big things that has happened this this past year and has been growing ever since pretty much uh, the project started has been the the amazing community participation we've also had more contributions on on github as mit mentioned we've also got more nvda certified experts who are um, not just knowledgeable for themselves but also sharing that knowledge with the rest of the community as well, and and some great activity in the the user group as well, the email list. So some of the things that uh, we've been doing from or from my side, we've been doing with uh, support and and training. One of the big ones this past year has been the Microsoft Excel module, which was released. That similar to the the Microsoft Word for NVDA module, 
actually contains a lot more information about using Excel perhaps than um, than NVDA directly, but with the keyboard and with those extra um, commands that you can do with NVDA, which there really wasn't wasn't much available uh, before that. So that's that's um, been really well received and fantastic. The the training modules, including Excel, have been translated. We had a big project uh, over this past year working with some of our translators and, and community in Vietnam, Burma, Indonesia, to particularly translate those three. We, we, we um, got some funding and we, we concentrated on those three. And so that um, has all come together. So everything is available in those languages at least and available for free to the people in those those communities in those languages. So that's been really good and, and potentially also a, a stepping stone for, for translating, particularly the training material into other languages. I know we've had a lot of requests for that, including from people willing to do that work themselves, uh, which is wonderful to see. And I don't think I can say it enough, just how good the community we have is behind this, this, this project. The certification program has been going along really well. We've got um, 76 certified experts currently. Um, and we've also got certification in Microsoft Word available. So um, as well as doing the, the the main NVDA certification and becoming an NVDA certified expert, you can also do that specialized Microsoft Word certification as well, uh, which is perhaps more challenging if you like. It 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 is quite a a tricky one to do. Um, hopefully not too tricky, but um, but hopefully if nothing else, you, you will learn quite a lot about Word and and NVDA in doing it. Um, We've currently started training uh, a training module for Microsoft Outlook, which I know we've had a lot of requests for and has been really, um, really well asked for. Um, and that's going well. We're looking then at, at where we can take that after then and what other modules people want. So do do keep letting me know. Um, <clears throat> as well as... Um, yeah, more translations for for all of them. The in process, the um, blog that we that we update every every fortnight, um, religiously every fortnight to the day. Um, don't look at that, please. Don't look at that because <laughs> the day varies. Um, but yeah, no, in process um, has been getting a lot of great feedback, um, and it's a really good tool for us. We've found to keep in touch with you the community and um, everybody who's interested in NVDA to um, to continue that that transparency so everybody knows what we're doing what's coming up um, important things that are that are happening that we can let you know about um, and so yeah do do subscribe to that if you're not already I, I'd encourage you to um, so uh, I've got a couple of Statistical, yep, a couple of big statistics here. The final release, NVDA 2017.4, um, was downloaded over 122,000 times, uh, which is huge. That is an increase 
of 50%. It's an increase of 40,000 downloads from, from that time last year. Um, so it really is taking off. Um, the top 10 countries, uh, you might, might like to know, the top 10 countries now are India, the United States, Brazil, the Russian Federation, the United Kingdom, France, Germany, Canada, Poland, and Argentina. Um, in that, we've had a major increase in India, which is fantastic to see. Uh, hello to all our friends in India. And um, so, yeah, we, we're really moving up all around the world. Uh, the, the, the latest WebAIM uh, screen reader users survey uh, indicated NVDA at uh, 32% as the primary screen reader for users and 65%, uh, which was pretty much equal with JAWS as a secondary um, screen reader. The WebAIM uh, accessibility um, professionals survey has just come out as well, uh, which indicates um, that we're um, about the top screen reader for, for um, web accessibility professionals as well. So that's that's fantastic. And that's something that that we're also um, an area that we're, we're really growing in and, and exploring how we can best serve that that community. And, and perhaps particularly from my point of view of the training material, um, I know we get um, wonderful feedback on, on the training material and how helpful it is and, and really useful it is for, for users. Um, but what we need for web accessibility professionals, for instance, is, is slightly different. So, um, so that's something that, that we're looking at as well. Um, and, and with all of this, with um, the a lot of the things that Mick mentioned as well, what I see is that not only are we introducing, you know, this feature and that feature and fixing this bug and changing this, what we're really doing taking a step back and looking overall, what, what's really been going on a lot lately has been building a more polished, well-rounded experience for users. Um, so things like having one core as the default voice. I know we've had a lot of conversation about that in the user forums and, and other places. Uh, there are people who really love eSpeak and um, as Mick said, don't worry, that's not going anywhere. Um, we're definitely still keeping that. Um, but a lot of the comments that we've got from people who either do now use NVDA but didn't for a long time or, or don't use it has been, oh, I really like it, but I can't stand the voice. Um, and we all, you know, many of us know that you can change the voice quite easily and, and there are options like OneCore available. Uh, which sound much more human sounding, which is a lot more pleasant for um, perhaps a, a new user who's not used to the synthetic voice. Um, so having that as the default means that it is that more pleasant initial experience uh, for somebody who's not used to the voice. And if you want one caught, you can go straight back to it. That's not a problem. Um, and also just to clarify what I mean by that is if you currently have NVDA installed and you update to NVDA 2018.2 when it comes out, that won't, you, your chosen voice won't change. Uh, it's just if you 
download it and install it from from scratch instead of having that that initial experience with eSpeak you'll now have it with one core if you're using Windows 10 of course if you're using um, Windows 7 or 8 which don't come with one core then you'll still default to eSpeak uh, which is another reassurance as well for everybody that eSpeak isn't going anywhere because obviously uh, we know Microsoft at least is supporting Windows 7 until 2020 um, and we definitely will as well. As with XP, we'll continue to support that for as long as we can. So um, having eSpeak available is, uh, is, is yeah, definitely something that we're not, not going to change. Um, and actually, that was one thing I was going to say with um, the, that release um, figure of 122,000 for NVIDIA 2017.4. That was the first version that uh, required Windows 7 as a minimum. Um, so even with that, and I know a lot of people were concerned about dropping support for XP, even with that, that still um, came up with, with such a huge figure. So that's fantastic to see. Um, so yeah, talking about a, a, a polished, uh, well-rounded experience, um, as well, that, that work that Mick was talking about, auto braille display detection um, and, and all of those things, the, the changes to the, um, to the settings dialogues and things all help build on that work. Um, and with the, with the training material, for instance, where yeah, having that available, we're looking at how we can best package that to be of, of um, attractive to people and organizations. Um, we're now getting a lot of um, interest from perhaps new markets like corporate and, and government. Um, they want things like, uh, like that training material, like telephone support, uh, which we have available, by the way. Um, and they need that documentation like having a VPAT. And we do have, for anybody who needs it, we do have the, the VPAT. Uh, the new version 2.0, um, which I just recently updated, or I'll update again for um, for 2018.2. Uh, if anybody needs that, um, do do let me know. But that talks about all of our compliance with um, things like WCAG and um, Section 508 refresh, and I always forget the European number, and I didn't write it down. Uh, Section 302, I think. We have. Continued, I think if you listen to the, the keynote last year, we, we talked about the new branding for NV Access. So obviously we haven't changed the name, but we did change the logo. So I'm not sure whether um, everybody has has seen our new logo or, or had it described, but I'll um I'll just quickly describe it now. So we've got the new NV Access logo. And generally, we have the words NV Access next to it with the NV in orange, Access in purple, and under that, a purple line with with the um, the byline, that was the word I was looking for, with empowering lives through non-visual access to technology. The logo itself is a hollow purple sun shape with 16 points. Eight of those points are sharp and triangular, colored in purple, and they alternate between either orange or turquoise rounded points. Um, in the middle of the circle of the sun is a, a purple diamond outline with a hollow tur turquoise ring in the center. 
So that new logo is on our website. It's on the certificates. It's on our business cards. It's on, um, yeah, all of our social media and things like that. The new website is still in the works, so we're, we're still working on that. One of the most exciting things that we have brought out this year, though, is the new video. So we have a video that, that showcases some of the work that NVDA enables around the world and the way that people use it. And uh, we've got some great thoughts from some really industry-leading people on that as well. So uh, I would encourage you to check that out. I'll put the link in the, the comments in a minute and we'll have that available as well, obviously. So yeah, finally, I guess for me, I just wanted to once again thank all of the organising committee. One thing that I think is incredible about NVDACon is the fact that we as MV Access don't really do much to organise it. It's really the community who organise it. And it's it's fantastic and probably almost unique in that way. Everybody is so passionate and it's wonderful to to work with such a, a great community and have that interaction with people. So thank you for having us and thank you to everybody. Now, Mick, I'll pass back to you to talk about travel and where we've been and, and where we're going. Okay. Thank you, Quentin. So I'm now going to be talking a little bit, firstly, just a little bit about uh, where we've yeah where, where we've been traveling over the last last year obviously um, you know we do most of our MV access is an Australian based company which is fairly far away from the rest of the the world so sometimes we have to travel a little bit to um, to to network and to you know to work with various companies and go to exp exhibitions and all that kind of stuff. So th three of the key things that we've been doing over the last year, um, we we have attended the the CSUN Disability Technology Conference in San Diego, California. Um, we attend this uh, this conference every pretty much every year um but for the last two years apart from just going there for networking with the various companies we work with we've also uh also uh, been running presentations in fact this year we ran two presentations at csun uh one about mv access and mvda and where we are today and where we uh you know what's happening in the future uh which is a little bit similar to what we've been talking about here today um and then also, we also ran a general sort of uh, introduction to MVDA uh, session uh, for those who were just starting out uh, with MVDA. And um, yeah, no, so it was. It's been really great to 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 have that opportunity to to do that kind of a thing. And we always really love uh, attending CSUN. And I must say that this year something was a little bit different. I, I don't know whether it's to do with the statistics of you know of the fact that. You know, now we're about, uh, as as Quentin said before, with that WebAIM survey, we're about 32% of uh, primary screen reader market. Um, but, you know, the amount of people who kept on coming up to us, um, either thanking us or, or you know, saying how MVDA um, was useful to them. Not And we're not necessarily just talking about users. We're talking about people in corporates as well. Um, you know, who are doing testing or website accessibility or, or whatever. And so, um, yeah, it's very pleasing and very uh, humbling. 
uh, to to get that kind of a feedback, uh, that kind of feedback from users, but also just feedback on you know how we can do things better or um, what people like or what people don't like, you know that kind of stuff. I mean, obviously we receive that kind of stuff online all the time, but um, talking to someone face to face is also always uh, very nice as well. So that was CSUN. Um This year it was the first time that NV Access has ever been to Site City, which is a little bit like CSUN, but in Europe. Um, in fact, it's in Frankfurt, Germany. Um, I uh, traveled to, to Germany this year um, and attended CSUN myself. Um, and I'd actually like to thank uh, Babbage in the Netherlands for giving me the opportunity to attend uh, Site City. The main goal uh, for attending Site City this year actually was to participate in a bunch of um, seminars, really, uh, uh, which were were uh, a group effort between MV Access and Babbage to talk about how NVDA can be successfully used in in a corporate. Um, obviously, MVDA is itself free um, and open source. But there's, um, but I guess what you know, what we, what we in Babbage were were really pointing out is that um, used in the right way, it, it can also be a successful uh, tool, even uh, a profitable tool to some extent. Um, so some examples we were hearing from was, of course, Babbage themselves, who were using MVDA in the Netherlands, um, uh, where. It's pretty much the primary screen reader of choice for um, for governments and corporates in the, in the in the Netherlands, um, and the main reason for this is because all the customization and stuff that's required to work with you know government software or in very specific situations in a corporate, it's a lot. E- they're finding it's a lot easier to implement this kind of thing in the MVDA ecosystem than perhaps inside another commercial screen reader um, because, you know, with the with the other screen readers, yeah, you can file a bug or email them or whatever or talk to your local, uh, your local reseller uh, about your problem and, yeah, it, it might get looked into, it might not. Where with MVDA, because it's open source, not only, you know, I guess you could wait for MV Access to, you know, possibly implement the feature for you, or they may not. Huh? Um, but the thing is that because it's open source, maybe someone else in the community can do it for you, or maybe you can do it yourself. So, for instance, in the case of Babbage, there's a lot of features that they've wanted in MVDA for a long time that would, you know, that, that are needed by their own client base. And so they work closely with MV Access to get those features implement and implemented. And most of the time, they're doing most of the work themselves. So, you know, they wanted automatic brow display detection. Well, they wrote automatic brow display detection. Or they wanted, um, you know, the, well, the, there's lots of examples. Um, and so we can all work together to get it done. You don't have to just rely on, say, uh, you know, MV Access to do to do all the work for you because MVDA itself is open source and therefore a great platform for customization and um, you know and um, specific 
development. Um, so that's really what we what we went to see site uh, to site city to talk about, and um, I think those uh, those seminars were very successful. It was also great for Envy Access, especially me, to get a much better idea about what's going on in Europe at the moment, what the situation is for assistive technology and how it's being used in corporates and governments and by users. We got a lot of user feedback um, and even it was great just to even walk around the the various exhibitions um, as site city as well and talk with various rail manufacturers and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it, it was a great opportunity just to, to visit Europe and see what's going on because it's, it's so far removed from where we are in Australia. But um, yeah, so that's what we did at site city. And um, recently, I've just, uh, well, actually, Reef and I have just come back from San Jose, California, and we were attending a, uh, a, a workshop on the accessibility of mathematics for blind people on the web. This was a really, really exciting uh, workshop to be at. It was for a full week, and we were surrounded by lots of very smart people in the industry, both blind and mathemat other, you know, uh, mathematicians and people who work, say, in the university space, in math departments and all that kind of stuff, or disability liaison officers, things like that. And it was a really good chance to get an idea of what the issues were, how they were overcoming them, all, all to do with the accessibility of mathematics. Some of the key points that you know that I took away was that there are some really innovative things coming out of this space already. There are some wonderful tools that can already help people, blind people, do mathematics, um, especially younger blind people in in school. There are multiple, um, well, just some examples. Pearson, uh, Pearson. Yes, Pearson, uh, which is an education uh, testing service, that well, they have uh, an accessible equation editor, online equation editor, and it's possible to edit some pretty complex equations and see them both in speech and in Braille uh, with MVDA. Um, there is uh, another uh, scientific calculator we saw called the Desmos um, calculator. And again, this is another online tool that allows you to read and edit equations, but also plot them so that you can listen to them with, like, as like an audio graphic, uh, graphics calculator. Um, and so it was really great to see some of these innovations that are going on. Now, you know, we would like to see some of these things standardized a lot better. Um, some of the things that these tools have to do, let's be honest, is pretty hackish um, and. Um, in a perfect world, probably not the way we would like to see them done. But at the end of the day, though, they're getting things done and they are getting results, and that's a that's a great thing. But it's given certainly MV Access, you know, more momentum here and um, more interest in in the subject and a better understanding of the importance of mathematics in schools and in universities for blind people, um, and given us a better idea of where we can be making innovations as well. Um, obviously, you know, we have, if you install MathPlayer, you can read and navigate mathematics, um, but but there's a lot more work that needs to be done in terms of editing mathematics. We also talked about the standards around writing uh, mathematics in terms of languages such as um, MathML and uh, LaTeX, 
um, and how we can further enhance those languages together uh, in conjunction with you know mathematicians um, and uh, I guess blind people, people with all disabilities, and also um, you know universities, etc. Enhance these languages so they're 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 representing the math uh, as as good as they can. So there's some really exciting stuff going on in this space at the moment, and it's given us a lot of energy uh, to move forward. So that's um, what we've been doing. It was a tiring week, but very well uh, worth it. And um, yeah, I'd like to thank the uh, American uh, Institute of Mathematics and the National Science Foundation as well for um, getting us there and, and hosting all that and um, providing the funds to, to make all that happen. <clears throat> so now talking a little bit about <clears throat> Envy Access as an organization in the present and beyond. So, so firstly, um, should say that I think MV Access has changed has changed over the years. Um, you know, first when we started it, it was primarily just to develop NVDA, and we were sort of doing the whole the whole hog, the whole caboose. Um, everything was coming from us. But as we've you know seen and we've talked about over this keynote, there are much more contributions coming from the community. Um, and this is, you know, really great to see. So what MV Access is falling into more of a, I like to say, more of a custodial role in terms of hosting the project, making sure that there are services around MVDA, um, you know, such as the, the website, the infrastructure, um, all that kind of stuff. MV Access obviously is in charge of doing the releases um, and, you know, I guess heading up the the triaging of issues and all that kind of stuff. Although, of course, the community is really ramping effort um, up on that as well, which is great to see. Um, but then also, you know, looking at making sure that there are the correct extra services around the world to to make sure that users who do use who who do use MVDA are getting the correct training and support uh, needed to make the best of MVDA. And so, uh, yeah, this has been a bit of a sort of a growing, uh, yeah, we've had to grow and change and learn about the new position we're in here. But I think it's really exciting and, and is saying a lot about the success of MVDA in this day and age. Um, but, um, you know, it's we've been around for 11 years and, um, yeah, uh, we're still absolutely full steam ahead. But... Um, as I did note at the beginning, there have been some changes over this year. Again, we did say goodbye to Jamie, and that um, did leave quite a large hole um, to be filled. We're slowly getting back on our feet now, and um, we're trying to find the best way uh, to move forward in terms of you may have seen over the last half year or so, we've been looking around for, for new talent to hire, etc. At first, we were looking for perhaps some help in quality assurance in QA to help with um, issue triaging. <clears throat> um, we've recently also looked for, you know, the opportunity to hire another developer. But um, I think in the end, we've now sort of come to the the conclusion, and, and a lot of this was for me personally, to be honest, that probably the best way that I can be contributing to MV Access and MVDA is, is indeed in development. I mean, that's what I've been doing for the last 11 
years or so, uh, and that's probably you know what I what I do best. And um, but that's been a bit of a problem for me over the last, especially over the last six months, because I've I've had to be also sort of you know uh, running the company. I mean, obviously when when Jamie was around, we, we were both running it together. Um, now with just me, I've had to. I've uh, haven't had nearly enough time to be focusing on development, and so yeah, a lot of my time has just been about st- strategy and running the company, all that kind of stuff. And to be honest, it's it's not a strength of mine, and it's not something that I'm really interested in. Um, I would prefer to be back in development and making a difference um, to the actual MVDA product and using you know my my best skills there. To that end, um, we have decided. Now, rather than look for uh, a developer somewhere else, um, I will try and take on a lot of that role. Um, and we're now uh, pursuing, uh, looking for a, a new uh, CEO or general manager. Again, we'll probably call it CEO, I think, um, to, to help us move the company forward. Someone who can come in and look at the business opportunities take it forward there's you know there are lots of exciting things we could be doing um at the moment we have lots of ideas about future projects and all that kind of stuff but um but it's very hard at least for me anyway to be focusing on both of those i'm not a great uh, context switcher i hate you know switching from from one thing to another from development to business management blah 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 um so i'm really looking forward to going you know back into development and doing what i do well but obviously this then of course means that we can find someone uh someone pretty special who can uh move the organization forward so there are um where we're we're taking this very seriously uh we're working with a very uh top-notch uh recruiting agency here in brisbane who is very familiar with non-profits um and they're currently helping us source a a high quality uh, ceo to to um you know take the reins of the company and move forward to be clear though um i'm still obviously a director of the board and and are going to still have a lot of say over where the the company goes but i it's really just i i, I want the freedom to to do what i do well which is uh, which is development and um you know have someone else come in and make some of the more the more business decisions and stuff that I'm not as familiar with. So that's one of the things that, that we're going to be doing with moving forward. So please deal with it. Uh, please bear with us um, while we undergo this sort of transition and um, hopefully some good will, will come out of it. And in the end, we'll be much better placed to, to move forward in both development for the, for the screen reader and we can innovate and all that kind of stuff, that wonderful stuff and make a difference in people's lives in that regard, but also hopefully move on and grow as a business as well to ensure that we can further sustain ourselves and reach even more people. Um, because remember, first and foremost, Envy Access is a charity and our goal is to ensure that, uh, you know, that, that blind and vision impaired people don't have to pay an extra cost in order to access a computer. Um, so some future opportunities, I guess, um, as I as I had said um, in regards to Site City, in Europe we'd seen some success stories of MVDA being used uh, in in Europe. Um, so as I said, Babbage is now using uh, primarily 
um, offering NVDA as its primary screen reader. Um, thus, you know, most of its um, custom development and support and training and all that is all around NVDA. Similarly, in France, we have Access Solution, um, who is also doing a, a similar thing. They're primarily focusing on NVDA as well. And this is working very well for both of those companies. They're getting, um, you know, wonderful uh, government and corporate contracts out of this kind of thing. And so we would like to see this kind of um, this kind of model um, be extended out um, further in Europe and even globally. So you know we would like to see, say, more companies in Germany um, be willing to do to offer support and training in NVIDIA. Because what we're hearing from users is that um, they want they want a local number to ring. They want local face to face training. They want local technical support. Um, someone who understands their culture, their where they are locally, and you know could even come out to their workplace or school or whatever. And so, in order to make that happen, we're going to have to work with partners around the world um, to do this. And so, I guess you know part of the job that this this new CEO will do. Um, it's got big shoes to fill, but. Um, is going to be looking at how we can set up a sustainable partner network for MV Access, perhaps. Um, you know, how do we ensure that these global, uh, well, these local training and support agencies, uh, organizations, have what they need, have the second level support and the second level training from MV Access so that they can themselves give high, high quality training and support. But also in return, you know, how can they financially contribute to NV Access to ensure that we can continue developing NVDA and continue to offer it free of charge to all uh, to all who need it. But not only, you know, these contributions need to be financial. Of course, you know, great examples such as Babbage, um, they contribute in in other very meaningful ways, such as you know, core development, etc., which is which is really great great to see so finally i guess that's all really i want to really cover today finally i just want to again you know thank thank everybody here i mean um especially a lot of our large company sponsors especially microsoft um and google adobe and of course the nippon foundation uh, the Nippon Foundation has been very important, especially in enabling us to make the wonderful video we now have and um, fund the translations into of the training material into Vietnamese, Burmese, and Indonesian. And um, as we said, hopefully more will be coming as well. Um, like to thank Babbage for their wonderful core contributions as well. But most importantly. Thank you very, very much to the community, especially those who are contributing to the core, those who are in add-on development, those who help us with documentation, those who tirelessly help us uh, triage bugs and issues and help us to work out what's most important and what's not. And thank you also to the users for, for, for supporting us. Thank you for the people who, who donate. It's really important. Um, it allows us to continue our work. But thank you just in general for, for spreading the word and making sure that we can reach as many people as possible so that, you know, so that all blind and vision impaired people are, are, are able to use computers and most importantly, 
they have the tools they need to contribute to society. Main Menu is brought to you by the American Council of the Blind and ACB Radio and can be heard every Friday evening beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern on ACB Radio Mainstream, repeating every four hours until 5 p.m. the following day. You can listen by going to acbradio.org mainstream, grab it as a podcast, listen using ACB Link for iOS, or call 712-775-4808. Remember, if you have feedback or something you would like to contribute, email us mainmenu at acbradio.org. You can find us on Twitter at mainmenu. Thank you for listening. <laughs>